0: Coming up next, How do you like Dem Castles? Hey everybody, welcome to the Bookening. My name is Nathan, your humble and obedient host. If I was dead, I would be a ghost. If I was a braggart, then I would boast. If I was bread and a toaster, then I would be toast. If I had money, I'd have the most. I can't think of any more words. You got anything?
1: If you were on Survivor, you would be Jeff Probst.
0: If I was on Survivor, I'd be Jeff Probst. That's
1: <sighs> kind of breaking the rhyme there.
0: Yeah, that was a bit of a slant rhyme. Well,
1: uh, and from the
0: poet, not. the published Irish Catholic poet himself.
1: Wait well, In Ireland, they say it prost.
0: <laughs> yeah, pro- prost, yeah.
1: Prost. You got it? Got any oh, more? if you were eating Madeline cookie, you would be prost, because I think they yeah. say it prost instead of proust there.
0: Really? In Maybe. Ireland?
1: I don't know. Or we put don't have, have any co- like on on the... On the the continent? Yeah, which is also well, Jake's over in Wales because he has his magic castle. Mm-hmm. That he likes to go over there because he's a narcissist and chase after <laughs> Welsh girls. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Jake's running a little late today, so we said we'd come up with a nasty story. That's not the nasty that, that story. That might have been
1: That might have been too nasty.
0: <laughs> he's Jake's in Wales like Jonah because he tried to flee from the podcast and he got eaten by a couple whales oh man i'm not winking at you brandon i just i got something in my eye or oh, something oh
1: man too bad i thought you were winking at me
0: uh, oh yeah now i'm rubbing
1: my eyes hey check that out it looks like on my microphone because my camera's really wonky and weird it looks mm-hmm. c- like my microphone's like badly cgi'd yeah. in front of me yeah isn't it okay. kind of
0: yeah I, I see what you mean
1: like it's almost looks fake <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i have I, one of those weird even my ear headphones look strange it's like i have one of those iphone filters yeah that's not supposed to be there you know like well cat. famously
0: brandon does yeah. well refuses to appear anywhere without an iphone filter to make his face oh yeah look that much fabulous more... <laughs> fabulous oh man okay i got this i'm sorry folks we are going to talk about Hal's moving castle today it's going to be a brisk invigorating conversation about a book that we really liked we're gonna be on point we're not gonna spend 20 minutes talking about harry potter world or anything else for that matter we are gonna just as soon as jake shows up we are gonna launch into i dare say the best podcast anyone's ever recorded on the topic of diana wynne jones *How's moving castle i dare say uh but right now we're just waiting. Jake's, Jake should be here like any second. I don't know. What's what's going on with you there, Brandon? What is the most Nothing. exciting thing that our listeners desperately want to hear about that's going on in your life? We told him about the horses.
1: Did we tell him about the horses? I don't know. I've got horses. Yeah. You got horses. Yep. When anybody comes over, if they're men, I give them whiskey and I give my horses some beer. Mm-hmm. So... Is that like, is that a thing? Is that a reference to something? Is Whiskey that... for my men and beer for my horses. Uh, Willie Nelson a... song. Oh yeah, I don't know. Whiskey out. for my men, beer for my horses.
0: Well, fun story. Brandon wasn't sure whether he wanted to record any more booking, and I visited him and he showed me his prize horse and I said, I, th- I really think. You should record more booking. And Brandon said, ah, I don't know. You know, I got better things to do with my time. <laughs> and so, what should happen? But Brandon wakes up covered in blood and. The head what of one of my be, horses. Yeah. What should be in bed with him but the, the head of his prized horse?
1: And then I swore vengeance on Nathan. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're both appearing on this podcast together.
1: Yeah, because this is a form of vengeance. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Only vengeance is on the listeners. (laughs) Man, I had that whole time to try and think of some subversion to the Godfather story, but I I could not think of like, I was trying to think of a parodic, like something else that you could wake up
1: in bed with, but I don't know. I know. I knew you were trying to think of something other than the horse's head, but...
0: Yeah, it's just... The Head of the Green Knight. Yeah. You gonna see that movie? No. Yeah. It's Looks like it has some stuff in it. It's supposed to be pretty naughty, but
1: it looks very artistic. Looks, it looks, yeah, it looks lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said that with a smirk, so nobody thinks that I just use the word lovely unsarcastically. But it, well, does, look, it does look nice. It looks... It looks nice. It looks like good.
0: Come on, Jake. Save the podcast. Jake, 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 Jake. All right. We had that really successful, awesome Godfather riff. Now we need to have another topic. I don't know. Why don't you ask Uh, me a question? Do you have any horses, Nathan? I have zero horses. Do you have any pets? I have zero pets. I have one baby, one wife and that's it that's enough really what are your hobbies (laughs) you know i enjoy long walks on the beach oh (laughs) the ladies he is not single no i'm not single but i do enjoy actually i don't know that i've ever been on a long how many long walks on the beach does one
1: take i mean i don't know if one fun fact when this podcast started nathan was single yes it's very much ready to mingle Mm-hmm. Then I mingled but and became... You done mingled. Yeah. Oh, I mingled. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm no longer single. No. All three of the booketing women are married to the booketing men. That sentence didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but I think people understand what I'm saying. A true statement nonetheless. We all have women. I've got a picture somewhere on my phone of the three booketing women all standing there smiling for a picture isn't that something mm-hmm. oh man jake said he was five minutes out but i think we're over five minutes now this is insane <laughs>
1: he's the king of mingling oh jake, here he is
0: here he is the king of the mingle himself king of king of the mingle Mm-hmm. the king of mingling the king of the mingle no longer single brendan was just commenting on the fact that i'm not single but that i used to be when the Which podcast could, started. Could be said of any of us, but you guys you guys have never been single. No lady has ever listened to the booking and dreamed of you guys. Or if she has, she's she's a jerk. Whereas every lady that used to listen to the podcast dreamed of me. And we yeah. famously we famously had to hide my marriage for a couple of years so that there wouldn't be a rash of suicides across our listenership. That uh, yeah, it's true. He's Jake Menzel. He's the pastor who's a master of reading. How's it going, Jake?
2: Good. What's new? I mean, I don't know. I want to tell you about things that probably I shouldn't be talking about on air. So that, but that's all that's on my mind. So,
0: okay. Well, we'll talk about Let's, let's
2: tantalize the listeners with that. <laughs> You'll never know. You'll never know. It has to do with Evansville and it has to do with our church plant and it has to do with. Yeah. Potentially big, know. cool, awesome future things. What you should wow. do is just move here. Yeah. Everybody
0: then you'll listening. know, cause you'll be experiencing it. You know what? Let's just talk about how, what's the uh, Jake, Jake wants to talk about top secret stuff. So let's get, let's get this how conversation on the mics for the dear listeners.
1: And then we'll turn off the mics and. Talk about other stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are, it's a good book. People should read it the end. You think it's a good book and people should read it. Jake, your thoughts. I agree with that entirely. I think it's
2: one of the most fun and imaginative books that we've read. And I love the world building. And I think if you have a kid, I, I just think every kid should, should try out Diana Wynne-Jones. I think, yeah. And I think this is a great place to start. If your kid uh, needs their imagination fired, she stands as good a chance as anybody of firing it. And if you're, you have an imaginative kid who just loves having somebody outside the box to fire their imagination she can do it. I just think she's really enjoyable for that reason. She's a good writer, fun plot, sweet story.
1: This, this is a really great kids book, or family yeah. book. And not just kids. I mean, hang on just a minute. Anna, what are you reading right now? What author? She said Diana <laughs> Wynne-Jones. Oh, we, we could hear. <laughs> she's reading.
2: But, but we both did put our headphones... Our headphone ears up to our microphones. She's in bed and right now. She's reading another
1: another of the crest. Is it Crestomancy or whatever? Crestomancy, I think. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I said family. Like I think, I think she's just a lot of fun.
0: Well, yeah, I wish this is maybe even more than Watership Down. Well, I think Watership Down is the superior novel, but I almost wish more that I'd had this as a kid because it's such a fun world to live in and to imagine sort of your own stories about and just like the mechanics of the castle that can open up into different shop fronts and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that really fired my imagination as a kid. And I I I would have liked to have this as a touchstone.
2: Absolutely. And then the other thing is like, I don't have any doubt that if I had uh, read one Diana Wynne-Jones book, if I had read this book, I'm like... I'm a fanboy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. And that's cool to like, you know, have an author that you can just, man, I want more of that. That particular brand of crack is my brand of crack and I want it. And she's got it. Yeah. And, you know, for goodness sake, I got stuck on, on uh, R.L. Stein. So, I
1: mean. Yeah. She would have been better than that. I, I <laughs> dare say <laughs> she, she would have been, 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 been something better an improvement. Than
2: <laughs> well, and I in and, and as a, as a, as a, doodly dude growing up i wouldn't mm-hmm. have necessarily had to be embarrassed of her either yeah yeah this is one of those books that interesting i mean I'm maybe to... i would have but i wouldn't have cared like she would have trans she, she would have beaten the uh, impulse in me to be mm-hmm. embarrassed i think yeah the way that lewis did with narnia yeah precisely
0: yeah i'm i probably will read more diana Wynne jones books actually if i can ever make any kind of space in my life she'd be right at the top of the kinds of books that I'd like to read more of if I ever had any time which I won't and I never will but if I did hypothetically like on vacation or something maybe I'll bring one along or something you know
2: yeah I just keep thinking you know I'm just gonna stock my house with Diana and Jones books that I won't read Mm -hmm. but the more of them I have for my kids to find great like the better just get your credit card
1: out and
0: I go to that Folio Society. They've got a nice version of Hal's Moving Castle and the second one, Castle in the Air or Castle in the Sky or Is something really? like that. Yeah. Sure and they actually, like they're for Folio Society, they're pretty cheap. It's like 65 American plus shipping. 60 or so. something, yeah. So you're looking at 80 <laughs> American dollars. And I say American because anytime I go to that website, it pulls up as UK. I guess that's... Pound.
1: Not bad at all. Yeah. We all have more money than we know what to do with. That is one of the we nice things. We use $100 and, bills as our bookmarks. Mm-hmm. As our toilet paper. I mean, <laughs> let
2: alone our bookmarks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we got the supporters, and so why not? Yeah.
0: That's a little sarcasm, supporters. We need more of you, <laughs> jerks. <laughs> why don't you just we support know you're us? you're out there. Yeah. We love our... No, we're just kidding. We love our lurkers. But we could use some more support. We'd like to get up to 2K so we could do a deep dive. Our first ever truly deep dive like deep well i guess we tried to do tolkien but that was a mixed experiment i will admit but deep dive into anna karenina would just be hey here's some more handfuls of treasure a whole year of anna karenina i mean maybe i don't know that might be how long it would take how many chapters are in that book in anna k quite a few the best of leo tolstoy's uh, novels Let's see, how many chapters but
1: in... not the best of his fiction. <laughs> My name's
0: Brandon. 239. <laughs> 239 chapters.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we could almost we could do... make that deep dive last. Chapter
0: a day. Whoa. Uh, we I don't know how we would do it. We, we would probably have to cut back at least on our regular book list, like maybe only do a half a year worth of regular... <laughs> how, stuff.
2: how many was it again? 200 and what?
0: 239
2: chapters, my friend. So, 240 chapters is, if we did it at the rate of, what, 20 chapters a month?
0: Yeah, that sounds reasonable. So,
2: eight months? No, 12. That'd be 12 months. It'd yeah, be that, yeah that would be a year. <laughs> two two that, times that, 12 is 24. 24. That, that year would rule. Guys. I mean, that, that oh, would be, be an it.
1: awesome year. Yeah. Do the year that Brandon learns math, too. Good. <laughs>
2: So yeah, we could do uh, we could do uh, intro and chapter one, mm-hmm. and then we could do twenty ch- or
1: uh, intro and I don't know. And people don't forget if you get us there before the end of the year, we will honor the deep dive by actually doing a deep dive. That's right. into a seventy foot pit cave, where we will then read the introduction to Anna Karenina and record it live because you get signal down there. I'm pretty sure.
0: That's a, a horrifying thought, but I'll we do did that. Say that
1: we did say that. Oh yeah, yeah. But our listeners—they're not going to get us there by the end of the year.
2: Oh, you don't think they love us I enough? Don't,
1: I don't believe in them. Well, oh. they might not love us enough, but maybe they hate me and Jake <laughs> enough. <laughs>
0: Maybe they're like, wow, Nathan's meandering introductions have ruined six years of my life. Let's make that dude rappel into a cave. His (laughs) rope fatly breaks. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: That would be awful if somebody ends up falling in. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. Somebody ends up falling into the cave. Well, speaking of caves, let's dive deeper into the cave of wonders that is Hal's moving castle hey guys what are no the caves differ- in this b- there are no caves in this
1: book go ahead nathan your question was going to be a better segue you're going to say there's no caves in this book though i was
0: <laughs> i mean that's a good that's a good direction to take the podcast too <laughs> there's, there's a lot of meat on that bone <laughs> what do you think jake about the fact that there's there's no caves in this book <laughs> i appreciate it yeah, I'm always glad when there's not caves. Actually, that's a good point. It is kind of weird that there's no caves in this book. I bet I you there's a lot of caves in the work of Diana Wynne-Jones. She just feels I like bet. the kind of person.
1: Hang on just a minute. Yeah. I have, I have an expert to ask. Yes. Anna, does Diana Wynne-Jones ever have any caves in her books? She says no.
0: Oh, okay. That's why she's We're, my hero. <laughs> Anna or Diana Wynne-Jones?
1: Yes. Are Gold. you paying attention when you read these books? Are you still talking to her? She didn't answer that question. Yeah.
0: Anna famously takes three or four Valium and then reads some some Diana Wynne Jones. That's that's like the yeah. Anna. That's an evening at Brandon's house, basically. No, we love Anna. I'm sure she doesn't do that. She's one that's of why our her favorite author is William S. Burroughs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she did also famously shoot you to death. She did. <laughs> Ghost Brandon. Uh, that's yeah, Ghost Brandon, that's right. Get us back on track, Nathan. Okay, here's the question. What is the difference between whimsy that makes you want to barf and whimsy that is delightful? Because this book, I think, I have the sense, is right on the edge of making you want to barf. But because it doesn't cross the line, it's absolutely delightful. But it is very sort of twee and fey and, you know, Sophie was the oldest of daughters so nothing would ever happen to her because it's not that kind of a story you know it is just it it does have a little bit of that prancing winking quality and yet it doesn't suck so (laughs) why not is my question which i don't have an answer to by the way i'm genuinely curious what your thoughts are
1: well an easy way to start this would be to think of an example that does that and sucks because of it so do you have anything in mind oh that's a good question Gaiman's Stardust,
0: if you ever saw that movie or read that book, it would be an example. I thought you liked I mean, Neil Gaiman. I do like Neil Gaiman, but Stardust is very like Hey look at me. Twee and
1: cutesy. Yeah. The Twilight oh, series.
0: Yeah, no, well, those aren't really Twee or Cutesy, but there's something
1: Wes oh. Anderson can be a little Twee and Cutesy sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Wes Anderson would be an example of a Hey look at me kind of a person aren't i being a, cute
1: except he's actually pretty good at it
0: yeah who is the author we've read who's the cutest or thinks that they're being cute L- look at how i use the words i'm trying to think well i mean i don't want to open that can of worms again what can of worms is that or or do you, should we really not open it yeah yeah okay
1: because i don't think it's completely true so it's a little bit of where A.A. Melon's condescending tone comes from, but he's not really twee and cutesy. Yes. So, but it is a little bit. So it's probably just not worth even saying. I don't know. I feel like I've read a lot of fantasy novels.
0: Maybe this is a fantasy thing, and I'm just more aware of it because I've read a little bit more fantasy than you. Where it kind of has that self-aware thing where it's like... Irony. Yeah. Well, but it's not the Shrek kind of irony where they just hate everything. It's more like the... Tangled, I guess, would maybe be an example. Like, <laughs> you know, look, it's the fairy godmother, and it's the thing, and aren't we? Oh yeah, cute? like,
1: di- like Disney in the late '90s, early 2000s with Hercules, and yeah, in uh, a new groove.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a little bit more jokey than her. Yeah. I, okay, maybe a different way to ask it is, what's the difference between good meta and bad meta? Yeah.
1: Well, she's never so. She's never completely self-aware with it, right? likes to the point that it just draws attention to itself and draws you out of the story. I guess in some in a lot of ways she's really she's a, she's like Jane Austen, she's good at balancing that sort of free indirect style where she's both extremely present in the story but also letting the story run its course. Mhm. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah. She she, she Jane Austen is I'm glad you said that, because she is the number one author that I kept thinking of, actually. And it's not that Diana Wynne-Jones is exactly the same, but she has a similar... She's she's one one of those
1: authors... Yeah, she's just one of those authors where you always are aware that you're reading a Diana Wynne-Jones book. Her voice is very strong. And you can Um, tell
0: she sort of has an opinion on everything. And she stands... In a Jane Austen sort of a way, she stands outside of the characters and comments on things a little bit, or winks at things a little bit, lets you know she's in on the joke Mm -hmm. a little bit but not in an obnoxious way i don't know maybe 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 there's no answer to my question i thought i thought it was a neat trick because i felt like everything she was doing especially the stuff the stuff early on about sophie being the oldest and like all the ways that this was or wasn't going to play into fairy tale conventions
1: well i think that where the twee stuff becomes kind of exhausting is when it's Either, oh, look how clever and smart I am, or it's, oh, look how weird and eccentric I am. And it just, Mm -hmm. like, takes that and just expands on that. And so it's just all about the weird, I know Jake doesn't like this word, but it's often associated with, like, hipster indie music, really. So, like, if Mm -hmm. you think of those boy and girl bands from the early
2: It just gets narcissistic and self-referential. Yeah, but
1: so, like, who's that actress that was on Elf? uh, Zoe Deschanel. She was in a band with some other guy, right? And she, yeah, they were like the iconic representation of that movement. But you had other bands that were just like them Noah and the Well and those kind of guys. Where it was all just about being cutesy and, you know, smart but superficial. And also just, but the big thing was to just be eccentric and, but not eccentric and, an absolutely weird way eccentric and acute way so it is it's narcissistic and self-referential and i don't think that diana Wynne jones does that right in fact she makes fun of it because that's what hal is until he grows up it's the difference between c.s
2: lewis and his imitators or chesterton and his imitators or
1: yeah actually you know i can i can think of a q not a q weird of a uh Been uh,
2: listening to some conspiracy theories lately, Brandon.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) wow.
0: Old Q. He can be a little twee sometimes. I can think of some twee
1: twee imitators of (laughs) yeah, where it becomes about Chesterton that are look at how cute
0: I am, and not
2: about look at the point I'm trying to make.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Chesterton always feels like he's summoning all his powers of tweeness to make whatever point and it's always it's it's and it's, the point
2: isn't i'm cute and funny and cool it's like
1: the point is always a point. really profound yeah
0: and i just happen to be cute and funny and cool and so how can what can i do but make my point cutely and funnily and coolly but it's not i'm not i don't feel like i'm sweating to be cute and funny and cool
2: yeah and then all the imitators are like maybe i have a point and maybe i don't but don't you think i'm cute and funny and cool yeah, As I try time. to maybe make something, I don't know, maybe the point's just that. I'm cute, yeah. funny,
0: and cool. It's like reading a bad high school piece of writing where you can tell they didn't actually have an idea. They had a, a phrase or a first paragraph or something that they wanted to show off.
2: Yeah, a metaphor, a, a turn of phrase, something like that. Which Love, I yeah. wrote
0: a ton of that stuff in, in my time, folks, so I'm not yeah, going to beat up on other people. kind of so a stage
2: yeah. that you have to go through in the process of growing up and realizing that, you know... The great line from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. If you're going to tell a story, try having a point. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Ah, yes. Yeah. The other thing that occurred to me is if Sophie was more of a Harry Potter type character where she was written to compliment the audience to, you know, like, we're, we're all Sophia and we're awesome, then... This yep. book would she's be an lot,
2: avatar for my
0: awesomeness, right? This book would feel a lot more insufferable. But the fact that Sophie's kind of a brat and she's kind of wrong and she needs to grow up and the book doesn't seem to have much illusions about her or Hal or any of them. It's it's that, that's the most Jane Austen-esque part of the whole thing is that she has a very sardonic view of human nature and it comes across even for her. Per- and she, she likes Sophie and Sophie's got heroic qualities, but she's just uh, Diana Wynne-Jones you know, if the if her characters are her her children, she's very level-headed in the way that she thinks about them, which is nice and different than what you're used to in a lot of modern genre fiction. Certainly,
1: sardonic but not
0: spiteful. No, she doesn't seem like she it seems like she really likes them, and it seems like she really actually likes them precisely kind of for their bratty qualities. Like she she finds Hal kind of charming because he's just a self-obsessed jerk but she also like jane austen i mean i know that's too highfalutin of a comparison maybe but you know she also knows that hal needs to grow up at the same time as she's like okay these these characters are kind of cute i have a soft spot for them
1: and he can go home to wales and his sister's family is not like this ideal perfect little nucleus family out in the countryside like the kids are like on the computer when he goes in right
2: yeah, yeah yeah, and the, the the beautiful thing about even just how that i mean that's an inversion i mean how many people have done the oh look ordinary kids in an english countryside or whatever discover a magical wardrobe to another world and we have to slowly set the stage and introduce all of this stuff and she doesn't bother doing that and i, I almost what i almost said was that she doesn't bother insulting the reader or the children mm-hmm. by doing that but uh, I don't mean to imply that's what Lewis does. I just mean, hey, she throws you into the magical world. And then the jarring cool thing that happens is it's adjacent to our world. And mm-hmm. that's where Hal's from. And, you know, now you are like, whoa, cool. Like, you know, this is not just some fantasy world out there. It's some, something that's accessible from our world that exists in our universe. And, you know, I don't know. It's just a fun inversion. Not many yeah. people do that sort of thing. Yeah, well, and it's without being hoity-toity
0: about it, it assumes a level of intelligence on the reader's part. It assumes that you're probably familiar with fairy tale tropes. And... Yeah,
2: or, or that you don't have to be familiar with fairy tale tropes to love fairy tales because children have always loved fairy tales.
0: Right, exactly.
2: And so I don't have to introduce you to the concept of a fairy tale. I can just throw you in the middle of one. Any more than I have to spend time saying, hey, look at me, I used a John Dunn quote. You
0: just use it. And it can give a little extra to the brand. Anybody that knows.
2: Yeah. And if you don't, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't matter. You're just an uncultured swine. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't matter. Uh, Let's see. Favorite character? This is actually a tough one, I think, because this book has a lot of
1: lovable gallery of characters. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to either Sophie or Calcifer for me. Yeah. Probably.
2: I'm going to, yeah, I kind of incline towards Calcifer. But that yeah. feels a little
1: cheap and easy. So, yeah, uh, you're, you're like supposed, I like. Was, was supposed because, to be your favorite character. Yeah, actually, Sophie is quite a bit like my wife. Mm-hmm. An old hag. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I bit my tongue.
2: Yeah, he, yeah that's exactly just what just long he enough. Meant, he beat me to <laughs> that's exactly what I
0: meant. I would only ever. I mean, I'm I am a jerk, and sometimes I do shock humor. But I would only ever make that joke if it was not true at all if brandon's wife was actually an old hag i <laughs> would, would never not make that joke make a joke about her yeah being she's an old hag.
1: she's bewitched and she's an old hag and i can't figure out how to break the spell on her but whatever <laughs> <laughs> i love you you're saying she's like your wife though sophie yeah character wise she is yeah quite a bit like her stubborn conceited uh, judgmental <laughs> yes yes <laughs>
0: I'm sorry,
2: I keep really going. Liked, I really <laughs>
0: liked Sophie. I was really, I, I found all the characters in this novel. I've I've never used this word on the podcast. So I'll probably never use it again. But I found all the characters fetching. They were all very fetching. Like yeah. they, they they were just this just really likable characters. Just yeah. really beautifully broken, if you will.
2: Well, uh, I the beautiful thing about Sophie is that in in even in how she's drawn, and you don't really know like how much of this is Sophie the young girl and how much of this is Sophie being impacted by, you know, now she's Sophie, the old woman, but she's just like, she's turned into an old woman. And so she just becomes like the grumpy old woman who deals with it. Like she She just deals with being an old woman. And it's very, just feels very true Mm -hmm. to nature, I think. And so she, okay. She's just like, I'm the, I'm the old woman now. So I just do old woman things. I don't care what anybody thinks. And I do what I got to do, and I go where I got to go, and I I don't make excuses for it. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, and it would have been so easy for Diana Wynne-Jones to be heavy-handed with the whole theme of, you know, the things that I could never get away with as a young woman, now that I'm an ugly old hag, make total sense, and everyone expects of me. But she's got a light touch. It, she makes those points. in a super light touch all
2: over the place. And just, I love more than anything, I think I love the fact that Sophie just accepts it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's not like, oh, I'm so ugly and old and, uh... you know, we, we don't have a whole bunch of drama about it. It's just like, well, mm-hmm. that happened. Now I guess I gotta go do the thing. Yeah. Sophie's this house is a and mess and I gotta and clean it, it up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Sophie embodies that, that sort of thing that you love about the best of all women that they're just kind of practical and like
2: mm-hmm. okay well
0: let me let me do the job there's a job to do
2: there are rules i can't break them no sense to complain about them just gotta you know do what's there's in front of me
0: way out of this i'll figure it out eventually but uh, you know in the meantime the house is dirty yeah yeah no she's she's great and, and yet uh, diana when jones has that little extra bit of distance from the character where you can see her as flawed i mean she's very similar to hermione as a type but joe rawling just likes hermione a little it's not even that she likes her i I think they both have affection for their characters but uh, joe rawling's always gonna let we're friends by the way that's why i call her joe jk rawling miss rawling to me she's just always gonna letter characters off the hook a little bit which is which is our one and only complaint about the masterful series harry potter that we will come back to and do again one day because it deserves even better than what we gave it but a mm-hmm. pretty
2: big complaint but it but it's yeah it, it is, is the, a big complaint in a, in a and the complaint that needs to be made
0: yeah it's it's worth saying every fourth podcast especially when we're talking about fantasy novels because it is the fantasy touchstone more than tolkien even these days and it is the fatal flaw of the fantasy uh, touchstone.
2: I mean, the only okay. the only character. I mean, Hermione's second only to Harry in terms of being let off the hook. I mean, Ron gets let off the hook a lot, but Ron still goes through some stuff. Yeah, Neddle, Ron actually has goes to... through some stuff, like
0: through a lot. Actually, um, well, yeah, Ron, Ron actually kind of had to earn it. Like, some yeah. of my favorite moments are in the seventh book slash movie when when Ron goes away and is tempted and like that actually feels like a real arc for Ron, which is something that Harry and Hermione never really have never really mm-hmm. had, which is too bad but you know we'll talk about that when you get us to 5k and we do our year-long Harry Potter deep dive, which I probably actually should just put that on the website. Harry Potter. so are we all landing on Sophie
2: is the best character? Yeah, well, yeah. she's the best strong character. Casper is a lot of fun, but I mean, yeah, I mean, she doesn't really bother to draw anybody as fully as she draws Sophie. So
0: no, I mean, I I love the portrait of narcissistic Howl, and I love the way that she's able to show his innate tender conscience and kindness beneath all his his womanism. He's a much simpler set of characteristics than mm-hmm. than Sophie is. And it's a little easier to see what she's
2: doing. Yeah, there. and we're coming from Sophie's perspective, so we see all of those things through the grid of Sophie. Right. right? And so she's allowed to or he's allowed to be drawn more simply, so is Kals versus everybody else around. I mean, this is Sophie's story, Sophie's mm-hmm. character, and it's the world through Sophie's eyes. So
0: But she does have these nice touches, like just uh there's a part where she acts asks Calcifer to do something, I forget what it is, and she just notices that Diana Wynne-Jones takes the time to make sure we know that Calcifer looks really pleased when he gets to show off his blue flaming arm or something like that. So just the the fact that even this fallen star fire demon has this fragile <laughs> sense of self and this vanity. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's very warm. It's very humane. And it's just really likable. I, I will keep making that point because I think it's one of the main things that I Liked about this book, and one of the main reasons I would want to go back to her. I also just thought, in terms of romances, it's not like she's shooting for the moon or anything, but Howl and Sophie make sense together, and yep. it's sweet that they come together and their relative strengths and weaknesses. I mean, in terms, we don't read uh, what other romances there's, there's got to be another comparison point on the booking besides Austin, Austin, but. How many romances have we read? I mean, we've read,
2: read Jane Eyre, but yeah, War well, and Pi- War and Peace.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Sophie there didn't turn out so well.
2: I mean, you could say, since you brought Tolstoy into it, just the sort of like low key, matter of fact, you know, is what it is. They are who they are. Of it all, Kitty and Levin mm-hmm. could be. I mean, you could make worse comparisons, but
0: yeah, or, or Pierre and Natasha at the end of War yeah, and Peace, or Sonia. Yeah,
2: but uh, but it's very Austin-like and that really is the best comparison because we're just not, it's just not in any way over, it's very it's very English. It's Mm -hmm. very... It is. uh, Dry and... Dry, simple, subtle, understated is probably the best word for it, maybe. It's very understated. that
0: brings us to another topic, which is some of these things are just the whims of fate and time and fortune. You know, the reason that Diana Wynne-Jones never quite caught on in the mainstream could just be whatever her publisher didn't advertise correctly. But do you guys have any theories as to like, did this, does this book go over people's heads or under people's heads or like, is there, you know, you're saying it was kind of dry. I was in that British way. I was
2: wondering if maybe that was it or, or what. I mean, I do think that her ending is so uh, beautifully, uh, so beautifully pulls everything together in sort of unexpected ways. She really undersells how masterful a job she did in structuring her plot and Mm. and finishing her story. She really undersells it. And I do think that if she had patted herself a little on the back more. If (laughs) this book was worse,
0: it could have been more popular, maybe. Yes,
2: exactly. If she would have put a great big bow on everything at the end, Mm -hmm. then I think that kids would love it more. Well, because, it's not just a,
0: it's not just a bow on the end, it's a bow on the beginning too. It's like, uh, now I'm going to tell you the most amazing story. That's what a lot of pot yeah. boilers do. You know, dinosaurs. They were made by scientists. That's the story I'm about to tell. I know the story sucks, but it you've but got But they this,
2: got you with dinosaurs made by scientists. Right. You got this great big hook. And that's that's yeah. one thing I guess
0: that she does not have is this book does not boil down into a delightful one-sentence summary the way that Harry Potter, for example, duh, you
2: know it's yeah it is the I think book book it is the comparison a it's yeah. a comparison point as a as a plot technician they share a lot in common Rowling and and Jones mm-hmm. but Rowling's just a little bit more and you can argue about how knowingly she's doing this but a little bit more knowingly Hempfist it or a little bit more just not subtle and how she. Opens with a bang and closes with a bang, mm-hmm. and I—I I mean, I—I th- I really, th- that's the—that's the seller, that's the—that's the kicker, that's the thing that you know gets the kids talking about it. Yeah, if, if you friends. read any
0: book about how to write novels, you know they're going to tell you to do what Rowling did. That's how you sell a book. I, I don't prefer so it,
2: jo- Jones. I mean, and that's and that's appeal to a more childish palate, and mm-hmm. Jones even in her children's. Novels has higher sensibilities than that and appeals to a more mature palate than, and so my kids love the books and enjoy them, but they're not like going to obsess. Yeah. But but if I and they probably don't even remember her name except Peter does. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're as much fun with that book as any book I've ever read to them to through the middle of it,
1: and to the end. It resolves really nicely, really beautifully. But it does that that ending where everything is it's like all these layers coming together, yeah, and, then, and, and especially main, when and when Hal touches is, the pine needles, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but the main theme is hell, and so they're finally coming and confessing their love to one another, but calcifer's coming back, and all this stuff is happening it's really it's fun the way she it's got a nice rhythm to it,
2: it so really it, does, yeah. you yeah. expect like you know, oh no, like calcifer is gonna. Like, the whole book, you just think, oh no, the minute she lets Calcifer free, everything's going to go crazy, and we're going to find out all this bad stuff, like, in, what have you done? Like, in this she comes out of left field with everything. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's just cool.
0: Yeah, it's nice to read a book. It, it's just a well-plotted book. All the dominoes fall at exactly the right place, and it's all, it, it has that perfect combination of feeling completely inevitable and kind of surprising at the same time, the way things play out and
2: yeah and because of how she she does that like it's i mean i i i did i listened to the book and i listened to it on like two times speed so it's coming at me hard so this may, slow down a little bit this yeah this this may play into what i'm about to say but i just i had genuine surprises at the end and how and how things played out i didn't have it all figured out beforehand you know and i didn't feel the need to and i didn't like i just Maybe maybe some of that's just me, you know, a different me than I was two, three, five years ago Mm -hmm. in a different place in life, but I think some of it has to do with just, I was just enjoying the story, and it wasn't all about the plot, but the plot was great, and even though I'm a plot guy, like, you know, she had me, she had me on the hook, and she had me to the end, and...
1: Yeah, she. I mean, you're right, she had some legitimate twists. I was not expecting the one witch to be the secondary bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm and the the library and whatever she was to turn out to be the the big bad. Mhm. That was that legitimately surprised me.
0: That yeah, was nicely done. I liked that when her aunt or whatever it is, the maternal figure in her life turns out not to be terrible, just just yeah. nice little uh yeah. Things like that. this this book has a nice moral sense to it. It has a nice sense of seeing yourself through someone else's eyes see you know seeing the world i don't know it was eh, i mean i hate to get it get all soppy but it was just a sweet little book and let's not lose sight of the fact that she's a great fantasist i mean a moving castle with doors into different storefronts and locations and yeah all the disguises and powered by a falling star Palad, via by a, a falling star i mean it's all it's all really great and this it this is, is just yeah. this is a world that i really wish i would have had as i said earlier as a kid to, to just live in to just imagine my own stories and to you know for for it to sort of feed my crummy young writer's brain you know when i would try and write things yeah. like it's just the same way that the the wood full of worlds and C.S. Lewis or some of the yeah. really nice conceits yeah. in Narnia work. Well,
1: and to kind of do a Northrop Fry thing on this, the she really taps into those archetypes mm. that, like, even as a kid, like when my granddad or if I was at a house with a fireplace or something, you could imagine it being an engine that would run mm. the house. Yeah, like especially if it's night and you can have like the fire playing off the windows and on the floor, and it's just orange and the shadows around you. You just get this feeling that you know there's something otherworldly and it could be this machine that just picks up and starts moving. Mm -hmm. And so I just think she really tapped into that and made the most of it. So, Yeah. Which I think, all that to say, I think good fantasy does that, right? So the pools in the woods, like just the mystery of being in the middle of the woods and having these pools open up and just this world that is at your feet that you can go and explore kind of like coming upon a cave Mm -hmm. in the woods. Yeah, horrifying Boom. In, every, in every way. There actually is a cave that's within a mile or so of our house. It's kind of like that. It's this little hole in the ground beneath this tree, and when you go in there, it's like got like kind of some of the biggest cave formations I've ever seen in my life. They're It's huh. pretty amazing. That is cool. That's one you guys could go into. It's not claustrophobic. It's Just cool. a little bitty crawl at the beginning. Yeah, that little bitty crawl might be. No, it's, it's not nearly as. You go in the hole, and then it opens up in kind of this big, broad crawl where you don't feel closed in. You actually feel like you're crawling into some other kind of magical place. It's it's,
0: a a fun cave. It caves in on you, and you slowly starve to death in the dark.
1: That would probably happen.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, that's that's, that's what I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) So you might not want to go in.
1: Anyways, all that to say is I think she taps into that. Yeah. Whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, Jungian archetype, but whatever, you know. Well, good
0: fantasy has to have the feeling of inevitability. You
1: can't just say, yeah.
0: the table was the engine that ran the house. It's a fire because we, we see personality in fire and fire is the engine for a steamboat. Like, it has associations that make sense and feel inevitable. In the and, fireplace
1: of a home and you go all the way back to the Romans with their uh, hearth gods, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a reason that the fire... In the home has always seemed to be such a powerful image.
2: Well, and then you take yeah. in, in some, so much co- cosmology, angels and demons are, are stars, medieval cosmology and he- Hebrew cosmology. And so you have a fallen star as the fire demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Lots of tropes there. More cl- cleverly laid in and, and drawn from. Then again, you know, Rowling's just pretty by comparison him she's just drawing from one place she's drawing from the occult and
0: well and she's it is you know again it's what gives her her potency you know exactly if wizards and witches had sports it'd be on broomsticks you know like let's combine what? two really obvious things but nobody's combined
2: them yet
1: and, and everybody would really imagine cool. it yeah and, it sounds, and it's as
2: ubiquitous and universal like she's using a lot of stuff that the ring wraiths know.
1: were scary let's let them fly you, That's one of
0: the lamer ones, but yes. It is one of the (laughs)
2: lamer ones. But still the fact that she did it and did it all and did it well, like, you know, you can't you can't begrudge her for being a populist, right? Like a lot of what we celebrate and like to celebrate on this show and on shows like Sanity at the movies, or at least engage with, is the fact that there's a real art to not just doing something technically well or beautifully, but also in a way that's accessible To the public, and that's popular. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you know, you we've talked about Raymond Chandler a lot on, on here because this is Nathan's example of this. But you know, he wrote pulp detective novels, but he Mm -hmm. he did them artfully. And Mm -hmm. when you can do that, when you can bridge that gap or cross that divide into taking something mainstream, that's a real art, and Rowling's a master of it, and Jones wasn't. Raymond Chandler famously said, I just
0: pulled up this quote because it sounded so much like what you were saying, and you were talking about Raymond Chandler. So he said, To exceed the limits of a formula without destroying it is the dream of every writer who is not a hopeless hack, which I think sums up nicely what you're talking about. You want to best the formula, but you don't want to break the formula. You want to take it and make it do new things for you, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Diana Wynne-Jones is great. I'm glad that she just got to be on the sidelines of history and write little novels. You know, it's kind of like, would you rather be the person that everybody likes or the person that... Some people love. love. Some people love. Diana Wynne-Jones will never have the kind of success that my good friend Joe has. But
2: the people that... people won't love her more.
0: Well, okay, that's fair. But the people that vibe on this... Will really, really, really vibe on this? Like this, the, her her way of doing things is just going to be a drug for yeah. a certain kind of person, and they will. Yeah, just I mean, it's good
1: it. stuff. It's good stuff. But to be fair, like we've said many times, it, despite our criticisms of it, so is Harry Potter. So yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's such an obvious, it's kind of a hacky comparison point. But what were we supposed to
1: do? Not compare the two yeah, of them? Yeah, I, I mean, know. I I really enjoy both. But to be honest, I'm not sure that. In the sum total effect of the best parts of Harry Potter, if I wouldn't want to keep Harry Potter over this, if face yes. with that choice,
2: but... Yes. Oh, that's easy, yeah, that's easy, but... Harry Potter wins. Yeah, this Harry is Potter's still, full this meal. Is, this, this is just is a delightful really
0: little souffle or something like that. It's Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: this is great. It's really this good, great. actually. It's really good. I just... Yeah, we, we don't have to choose which one goes in the arc that's going to fly yeah. out of the world as it blows up, so... We can I just involved. know there's a, there's at one point in my life where I would have been the Wes Anderson-loving, twee-looking, um, wanting to find this sort Guy of thing. Guy who was wrong. and would have just wanted to really defend this and just say I had found this person. Oh, and everybody who loved J.K. Rowling was just an idiot, and mm-hmm. Diana Wynne-Jones is doing it right and all that, you know?
2: Yeah, there are a lot of things so that I'm she just, does better than, than Rowling. And so part just, of the joy of people like that is feeling like you get to keep them to yourself.
1: Exactly. Right. That's the whole, that's that's what that's all about. And so I just, that's why I wanted to say that about Harry Potter is because I wanted to be able to say that to anybody out there listening who is like I used to be, that in these sorts of cases, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have both Harry Potter and Hell's Moving Castle and admit that they're both good. Yeah. Be yep.
0: happy that JK Rowling is one of the greatest uh, populists to live in the last 50 years and be happy that there's all kinds of people that do all kinds of things better than she was ever able to do. And, you know, it's great.
1: It's great. Like yeah. podcasts. she ain't got no podcast like this. No,
0: JK Rowling's podcast wouldn't be nearly as good as ours. No way. She just ran. Unless out. she
2: joined our podcast Then I don't know. We'd see.
0: Joe, if you're listening, if you want to come rant about transgender stuff, I think you'd find a very uh, welcome audience here, actually. We will rant right along with you. Yeah, unlike many podcasts, I imagine. So, uh, or, or if you want to talk about something else, <laughs> that'd be fine, too. So. Just
1: don't reveal that Dumbledore was a transgender character. No, she wouldn't, because she doesn't. She. I know, I know. I'm just saying.
2: No, he's just gay. Does, Apparently. Do, <laughs> do, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he is kind of gay. He's kind of gay. Uh, guys, any more thoughts about old Hal or his moving castle?
1: Nope. Hal's kind of gay, but he turns out to learn to be a man.
0: Yeah. Yep. Sophie's kind of <laughs> lesbian, but she turns out to learn to be a woman. It's a delightful oh, wow. moral fable or something. I don't know. <sighs> Yay. Yay. Hey. Well, speaking of Hal's moving castle, <laughs> Hal what would you guys like to do <laughs> do what? How about we pause for the listeners to appreciate all the great things that are happening on this podcast? I bet they're howling. <laughs> I know they're moved to the moon. Howling to the moon. I don't know. Whatever. I don't need a transition. Let's do some patron shout-outs. now. Remember, Anna's husband. Brandon has a wife named Anna, and she hates when you guys say Frankenstein and Dracula.
1: Yeah, we've been doing other things in honor of her, so All yep. right, I'm just going to look up flavors of gummy bears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, uh, if you could say your favorite monsters, <laughs>
1: uh, that'd be great. Uh, I've already got a shtick going, but go ahead. Okay, uh, Robert and Ronnie the Lovebirds. Raspberry. <laughs> I know. Raspberries
0: are frightening as I'll as get out. The artful <laughs> Anthony Dodger.
2: Pineapple. Ooh. This is more like, really fast. I'll stab your um,
0: spineapple. Uh, Little Anthony's Cigar Store. Blue Raspberry. More like Boo Raspberry. This is uh, be great. The immortal, the immortal Chelsea E. Mango. More like Mangled. <laughs> Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Peach. More like Sneeches are. Politically incorrect. Dr. Seuss is canceled. Light blue uh,
2: watermelon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm an idiot. Screech. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is oh, gonna take well, forever. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you could
0: you take one step? Nathan, yeah, just say the name. Right uh, Lily of the Valley. Light blue watermelon. Cherry. Yeah. Fright uh, blue watermelon. Cherry. Wild Scary. cherry. Andrew and Esther the lovebirds. Grape. Grapefruit. Grave. The Keith Master. Strawberry. Uh, uh straw scary uh, david's oh mighty men trucking green Orange. apple <laughs> uh-huh. scream apple john and jill and little baby max berry red jay and katie who are cold and love cheese
2: <laughs> white strawberry banana
0: fright strawberry banana fairy princess of wonder white and happiness mother that
1: sounds tasty
2: it's like pina colada right yeah but not scream you pull like out prime adam i don't know why i said that because that's not it do you like getting caught in the rain Nathan, not me. Not really. Sometimes. Gummy bears. (laughs) Did you know that Albanese makes gummy army guys? Ooh.
1: Well, next time I'm up in Lake County, I'll have to grab some gummy army guys. Which I'll send them to you. This sounds like they're... People may not know, uh, uh, but if you're not from Indiana and you're not around the Albanese gummies, then you've missed out because they're the best gummies.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even like gummies that much, but I love Al- Albanese gummies. They just yeah. have, man. They're good stuff. They're good stuff.
1: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. They're pretty just cool. like
0: classic green army, army, army men. Yeah, they're classic green
1: form. army yep. huh. men. Hmm. Weather alert. Way to support the military industrial complex, Albanese. The warm weather impacting many regions of the country may affect how and when your order will ship. Come on, guys. Here we go. Our customer service team is working closely with customers, here we go, to ensure that your product arrives to you in best quality.
0: DJ Sammy G, they're not gonna send you
1: your gummies because they might because melt. The Orange cream, sickle
2: gummy bears.
1: Benny and Danny Tiberius. you don't want them to melt. <laughs> it's true. Or Ben and Tim, I mean, them either. That'd be awful if they melted.
0: Eric and Catherine from Round Window Breaks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would never put them in a U-Haul truck without air conditioning.
2: i wouldn't put them in there either (laughs) sorry no let's not put
0: anybody in a u-haul truck without air conditioning (laughs) i once saw an episode of the animated show dennis the menace where there was this bully and he was fighting the bully and like the whole time it was like well dennis learned to stand up to the bully and then dennis learned kung fu Fu, and he (laughs) kicked the bully into a moving truck and then the guys came and closed the moving truck and were like, this one's going to China. <laughs> nice. And I was very disturbed by that as a child, the idea that I could be kicked into a moving truck. And then, uh, I mean, I guess this was the show writer, you know, the animated children's show writer's idea of how to dispatch a villain without killing him. But uh, oh, that killed I, him. yeah, yeah. I think he just withered away and it was pretty horrifying. But, uh, you know, Dennis is a menace. So. What can yeah, you it's check? like I was
1: reading an article about COVID pets, and apparently over this last year, a lot of people have been ordering pets online mm-hmm. and getting them shipped from China. And what you'll have happen is you'll get yourself a dead French poodle in a box when it shows up on your doorstep. So well, some maybe that's what you wanted. Stuff. Maybe that is what you wanted. Maybe it's some why, why text. are they ordering French poodles from China? I don't know, Nathan. That sounds people like people loves. are stupid, Nathan and lonely. People are stupid and lonely. And so one of the ways they're fixing this is they have animatronic dogs and cats that they'll take to nursing homes and to I like, have seen those out in the.
2: I world. Have Frigid, <laughs> <gasps>
0: we
1: like j of rahk and ruin the writer.
2: freaking same freaking same
1: the
0: same
1: and and Camp same
0: Twenty or so. <laughs> Tyler, the Keeper of Eternal <laughs> <Luricous laughs> Laura, the Keeper of Eternal Light, Cold Steel <laughs> <child, child, laughs> Kid, Jacob, <Jaygland>, the Librarian <laughs> Barbarian, <laughs> John Bobadilla, <laughs> Bomb Doggy, <Bamdolle, laughs> Diggity, and, <laughs> and Captain Taniel, <laughs> his mate, Saxophone <laughs> <laughs> Alex, <laughs> the other phone Saxophone, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, <laughs> <and> dubstep. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Ryan, the Terror of <laughs> Texas, the narrative of the cream, and Crimson, no longer stuck in the whole thing.
2: She's Sped Solo, Kylo, John the Cosmic Crimson, Matthew
0: the Mind Flavor, Flair. Annie Arriot, Get Gun, Flight of the Valerie. Thor Ragnagash, Stephen, that, that, that. Pegladon Christopher Flower Lady of the Crystal Lake Ian the Death of Miriam, Lord of Death Dracula, Emily M, a man in possession of an Emily Frankenstein, of an of Nothing, Dracula, Emily Nightshade, The Haunter of Dreams
2: Dracula, All
0: about the Benjamin Frankenstein And we have a new Dracula. supporter, fellas To welcome This is well a true story
1: His name's not Frankenstein, that's not the true part This is a true story, people <laughs> <laughs> the names of those involved have been changed. No, I'm keeping this one the same. Otherwise, all the events are told the same out of respect for the, for the dead.
0: No, I've never actually appeared on a podcast with this fellow, but my understanding that is that he was dead or something. something. like that. But, it's like, uh, that's how we, all the
1: Fargo episodes open up.
0: Uh, are are we in the same conversation anymore? Any no, 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 you said something about a
1: story, so I figured you're about to tell us a Fargo story. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm waiting. About. I want to know.
1: I'm not about to tell Fargo's story. I'm about
0: to tell you that someone named and this is uh, this is not a joke mysterious phantom uh-huh. supporting the podcast to the tune of ten dollars a month for a donor uh-huh. shout out and welcome his,
2: mysterious phantom yeah welcome mysterious Thanks. phantom
0: his email i i won't give it away on the air but it is something along the lines of mysterious phantom at yahoo or something like that oh wow so we We are being supported by someone who identifies completely as mysterious phantom. That's awesome.
1: That is not terrifying in the least.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, you know, some people just like to uh, get in on what they consider to be the most popular and well-liked segments of certain shows like ours. Yeah. And so,
2: you know, you know who I think needs to show up in the new season of Chip and Lance? Who that Uh, uh, Definitely. mysterious phantom. No, that'd be terrible.
1: Fat Alplane be... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, fat Alplane.
0: And Britney Spears. Oh man. I think the finest moment in this podcast was when we said he loved Fat Alplane. It was a spoof of 1984's last line. I don't remember who said it. But everything to do with fat alplane, man, I love that guy.
1: I love fat alplane. It's plane. been around in a while.
0: Hey guys, what baggage did you bring to? Uh, <laughs> oh
2: no. How's the serious?
1: We already
0: did that, Nathan. It's too I late. Don't, I don't, yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, do I've read Harry listen?
2: Potter and I'd never read Diana wynne Jones.
0: Our good friend Ben Sulzer loves Diana wynne Jones and is always honest to do it, her. And this is, we kind of did this episode in honor of him. I guess we could say that.
1: In memoriam. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: long, Ben. Yeah, sorry you got hit by that truck, buddy.